Rivers are all about, including with Noah Syndergaard and the Mets. Our buddy Ken Rosenthal in The Athletic is saying that Syndergaard is reportedly receiving significant trade interest this offseason, but the Mets aren't going to deal him for a package of prospects. They want guys that can help them win in 2019 and beyond. Does the possibility of Syndergaard getting traded seem preposterous to you? Define preposterous. That's a big word for me at Lamar University and LEC Junior College. Uh, ridiculous. Great. Ridiculous. I've heard that before. Uh, yeah. So, it doesn't seem ridiculous. No, sound ridiculous. No. What's ridiculous is every time I look at the starting rotation on the New York Mets, it makes me want to say they should win the East every year, right? You have the Cy Young Award winner. You have Syndergaard when he's healthy. He's probably as nasty as anybody in the world when he's throwing 101 with everything else. Steven Matt's one of those things that make me kind of scratch my head because I look at him and I'm like, he's probably could be the best pitcher on this from the left side. You look at him as like a guy that, man, if he could ever stay healthy. Wheeler made his strides last year. So it doesn't sound ridiculous, but it's ridiculous that they can't figure this out to go ahead and win this East. That's what's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And ridiculous that they can't go ahead and put an offense together that can score some runs and hit some home runs. And Cespedes can't stay healthy. Sounds ridiculous. That's all ridiculous right there. So, I don't know if they'll do this. And if they do this, they better bring that bring the, uh, the, the Brinks truck with a bunch of guys that can help them up at the big league level. And I just dropped my pen. I'm not reaching because I'll pull my earpiece out. Now, go ahead. I want to see you reach for it. Take him full, Sterno. Let's see if the old man can get down there. Oh, it's the oblique. It's the oblique I didn't want yes. to pull, to be honest with you, Chris. I was, I'm a little fat I was right actually now. Rooting for a, I was rooting for a back spasm or something like that so it would knock you out for Thanksgiving Day golf. Um, oh, thank you. know you. what? There's, I, I read a bunch of columns that say, why in the world would they trade him, just build around the starting pitching and try that? That hadn't worked. I mean, like, right. enough of that skit. Take the guy who has – the most potential, but has been least dependable, and that's Noah Syndergaard. Kev, do you know how many times in his career he has started more than 25 games in a season? Once. Once. Yeah, one time. That's not good enough. I, now, I, I get it. You look at him and you're like, gosh, if you could build a starting pitcher in a lab, that's what he'd look like. That would be his arsenal. He would scare the you-know-what out of me. But for whatever reason, it has not worked. I don't know if it's because he doesn't like getting in an MRI tube. He's got hand, foot, and mouth disease. He's got a nail finger. I don't know what's going on here. So I would trade him. I could live with it as long as I can bring back a couple of pieces that can, A, help me in the bullpen, and B, probably A+, because this is more important. Give me somebody in the lineup I can depend on. You look at this lineup. With all due respect, Nimmo, McNeil, Conforto, Bruce, Frazier, Smith, Ploiecki, Rosario. There's no Cespedes because he had the double heel surgery for now. There's not one guy in there where you're like, I mean, there's some good players, but it's not like a terrifying lineup. Give me somebody no, I'm afraid and that, of. And that's valid. Yeah, that's valid. And, and that's, that's, that's truth. So, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I'm okay with it. It doesn't make, you know, all these people, you can't do it. You can't. Why can't you do it? It hasn't worked. Go do something. Right. Be bold. Mets are amazing, 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 amazing. There's a fly ball hit out to the left, waiting is Jones, the Mets of the world champion. Here's the one-two pitch, check him out, Steve has 19 strikeouts. Swung on, hit on the ground towards first.
It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on Thanksgiving night, November the 22nd, 2018. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check out the show all the time over at MetsMorizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at MikeSilvaMedia, and you can get the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you could leave me a review on iTunes, it'd be greatly appreciated. Well, you just heard the uh, debate over at uh, MLB Network, uh, Kevin Millar over there. I don't know who the other guy is. Does it really matter? And, um, you know, I decided to pop on, and we had the great uh, podcast over the weekend last week with Rob Nyer, and I was like, oh, you know, Thanksgiving, let's take some time off, because, you know, you presume it's going to be pretty busy as we head into the winter meetings and with Hall of Fame voting coming up. So there'll be plenty of radio content to... Um, to you know, get involved with over the next uh, few weeks into the new year. But the news comes down, and at first it looked like a lot of clickbait with SNY and what have you, where, oh, the Mets are looking to trade Noah Syndergaard. And then as the last couple of days leading into the holiday came around, I listened to Andy Martino over at SNY and on his podcast. You know, He's predicting about a 60% chance that Syndergaard will be traded. Uh, John Heyman had it at about 50-50 that he'll be traded. So you have to start taking this kind of stuff seriously. Now, I let in with that clip from MLB Network because it, it really is the kind of debate and talk that if you're not an educated fan or an educated person looking at the game, you can really get caught up in some silliness. Silliness is, it goes back to what I said, winning the offseason, doing something bold, being creative. And... <laughs> I have no problem, and Martino actually talked about this in his podcast, that Brody Van Wagenen is an aggressive guy. It seems like he's going out, and, and, and Martino reported that agents are like saying that he's really uh, dialing the phone lines. And that's what you should do. You're new to a job. You're trying to figure out what the market is, who's available. Uh, I think, and I can't say because I don't know Sandy Alderson's approach, but to me, that's the, that's the antithesis of what you got during the Olderson regime, which was very methodical, very uh, slow-paced, uh, somewhat uh, almost too methodical, and, and at times it felt reactive. But that's just me giving an outsider take. It's not me working on any information. I could be completely wrong. So to say do something bold like you heard them say, or you hear people say, that that's got to be creative, that's fine. I don't have any problem with those adjectives, but... To force a deal for the sake of a deal makes no sense, and and that's the concern I have, and that's why I'm here on this podcast uh, after the turkey and all the food is digested, and I'm sure you're out there hopefully having uh, you know maybe leftovers as you're listening to this days after, who knows? Um, but I wanted to come on and and really give a quick hit, a uh, short 
on this podcast about my thoughts on trading Syndergaard because it's it's a it's a thicky it's a thorny situation. It's tricky. This is the kind of move that off the bat can put a stamp on Brody Van Wagenen as the GM of this team. It can change directions and course of this franchise. And I almost feel you got to be right. When you got R.A. Dickey off the scrap heap and he won a Cy Young, that was a gift. And you were able to take that gift and essentially, I think, fleece the Blue Jays, who were trying to bring Dickey in to be the final piece to a team uh, and a rotation where they wanted to contend and it didn't work out. And you traded Dickey with his value at an all-time high, despite the fact that he was popular with the fans. And you got a starting catcher out of it, and you that was the guy you wanted, and you got yourself an ace. And you went to the World Series. So to take that gift now, and both of these players, the key pieces of that trade are very much in question whether they'll be on the opening day roster in just a few short months. you got to make sure if, with those decisions that you don't take that gift and toss it away and and don't use the assets properly. And in a market where catchers are not readily available, uh, you know, Darno to me still has some value. But most importantly, Syndergaard. You're changing the fabric of what this team is, which is strong starting pitching. And I understand what everybody's saying here. And you heard it with Millar. Well, they should win the East every year. That pitching staff is is one that should rank up with everybody and should be the basis of a championship contender. And to punish the pitching staff and rip it apart because things have gone bad over the last couple of years because of injuries, some of which are freakish, because of an offense that was built probably with too many hitters that were the same type of hitters, with a a general manager who never focused on defense, with a field manager before Mickey Calloway who might have been one of some of the worst in baseball. You were you were being it was the team was being presided by one of the worst managers in baseball who could not manage a bullpen with a GM who struggled in giving that manager the assets in that bullpen from day one. That was the one thing that Sandy Olderson never could figure out. Um, to punish the pitching staff by ripping it apart just to do a move for move's sake is foolish. Now, here's what I will say to defend the Mets. Everybody on the roster, they should have conversations with with teams. You never know what teams are going to offer. So I'm not upset that they're out there dangling Noah Syndergaard because that's good business to find out what the market is. Where I'm struggling with this is when you start to hear guys like Martino say the percentage likelihood that they will trade him, and you hear, well, there's a half dozen teams interested in him. Well, seriously interested in him. Well, there are probably 29 teams interested in him. If you're going to win in 2019, I just can't see a scenario where you trade Syndergaard and get back, because the team that would be acquiring him, in in theory, would be acquiring him to anchor their staff and would want to be competitive. They're not a team that's looking to rebuild, because Syndergaard's Yes, he's under control for two or three more years, but you're getting to the expensive years of Syndergaard. You're getting into where you want to make him a foundation to your rotation. So they're a team that wants to contend. That's why I want to hear the Padres trading prospects. I mean, the Padres, to me, are not close to contention. Not in the West, where you have the Dodgers and the Rockies out there, and, I mean, uh, who knows what's going to be going on with Arizona. I don't see anything there where the Padres are close, unless, I mean, yeah, they got Fernando Tatis Jr., and they apparently have this great farm system, so... Maybe they're, they're closer than I think, but I, I just don't see it. I don't know where Syndergaard fits. You know, teams like Cincinnati, where Joel Sherman was talking about uh, getting Iglesias, who just signed a contract reliever. 
And Nick Senzel is a top 100 prospect and all the baseball contact guy, outfielder. Uh, you got guys in the outfield in the corners. Oh, Senzel, sorry, is a third baseman, so he could fit at third base. But uh, that's my mistake. I was thinking, uh, I was looking at, uh, <laughs> I was looking at Victor, Vlad, uh, I was looking at Victor Robles there. So you know, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I don't understand where a trade, other than trading him to a contender, and the Mets are going to want, as everybody said, impact players that could help them win in 2019. I don't know how that happens. Uh, and you look at, well, well, you know, speculation. Well, maybe the Cubs with Chris Bryant. Okay, now you're talking. They, If there was a fictitious world, and I don't see why the Cubs would do that, you'd also have to look at Bryant's health with his shoulder. Because the issue with the Cubs' was offense, it wasn't pitching. That's not where they. Uh, I think they would want to go. There's a situation where now you're starting to get into where you're bringing in an elite hitter, a young elite hitter, that could be the cornerstone of an impact middle of the order, and you're giving away from your strength. That's fine. Now you're cooking. Now you're talking. How many teams does that really realistically uh, fit for Noah Syndergaard? And then you, of course, you have the analytics crowd out there that's always going to say, well, his body build and the way he throws and everything about him screams injury. And he had the, the lat injury. And I understand that the narrative of pitchers like that is that they'll get hurt, but you just don't know. You know, he's built very well. He's a, he's, a, he's a truck, that guy. You know, we we don't know. So I just don't see where the deal happens that the Mets can contend in 2019. Now, let me go to the other piece of that, of the interest with Cleveland. Now, you hear about Jan Gomes, a catcher. Pretty good defensive catcher. Could hit a little bit. Uh, certainly would be an upgrade for the Mets. Martino's talking about over at SNY how, you know, maybe you get the Jan Gomes trade and Cleveland is looking for young outfielders. Maybe you package a Syndergaard with a Conforto or Nimmo and um, and you get Gomes and maybe you get a Carlos Carrasco. And now, or or better yet, I should say, you get you figure out a way to get Gomes and Carrasco. You don't put Syndergaard in that deal. Uh, you maybe put like Nimmo and some prospects in that deal to get those guys, and then you trade Syndergaard for prospects, and now you've got Carrasco who's basically the same version as Syndergaard, which is true, much older, and he's north of 30, and much more expensive. You get your catcher, and now you get from the Padres some high-end, maybe Fernando Tatis Jr., middle infield talent, uh, and other guys that they may potentially have there that you know you can now start to really enhance the farm system. Uh, you know, that's starting to, to percolate a little bit. Uh, yeah, I understand on paper you're better, but again, you're changing the entire fabric of the team here. And to me, the answer here is to, if you're going to do something bold, do it where it makes sense, where you don't change what this team is about. If you don't want this team to be about really high-end starting pitching and you want to rip that apart and change it to an offense bullpen you know, and you get your five-inning starters and you do openers and all that stuff that we were talking about, then that's a completely different direction you're going. And personally, if teams are really getting in on Syndergaard and want him, it tells you a little bit about how good he is. And let me tell you how good he is. And and, and, and while I'm at it, I'm going to tell you why. You better be careful about dangling uh, Brandon Nimmo and trade him as well, which is some of the names that are out there as well. So, uh, number one... Uh, Syndergaard, in the, since 2015, when he arrived on the scene in early spring with the Mets, uh, has been worth about 12 win shares, uh, which, according to baseball reference, puts him at 26th 
out of all pitchers in baseball since then. Uh, it's better than guys like, um, uh, you know, Michael Fulmer, who's been up around that time, and, uh, you know, Marcus Stroman, a guy that, that's been talked about, Chris Archer, who is, uh, uh, you know, pursued last year, you know, highly. And, and it just puts him right outside of the guys like Lester and Johnny Cueto and Dallas Keuchel and Kyle Hendricks. So he's just outside of that that realm. But he missed quite a bit of time last year. And look, his injuries this year, the, the hand-to-mouth disease, that's a freak thing. And the thing with the ligament in his thumb, I mean, that's grip. I'm not saying that that's not that's that's that is freakish, but not as freakish as the hand mouth. Uh, Brett Sabregan had that when he was here, and uh, you know he went on to pitch after that. You know his issues weren't a finger issue after that. So I, I don't see the injuries this year as a big deal. So you, you got a guy here that is a top 25 starting pitcher in a league where you start to look at after Syndergaard, who's in there. Look at the Yankees looking to try to acquire pitchers. You think you trade Syndergaard and, and Jay Happ is going to be the answer? Now, I know you, same list that I'm looking at. Jay Happ is ahead of Syndergaard on that list if you just look at win shares. But, win shares. but look at Jay Happ in the postseason. Uh, he's a hittable guy. You know, To me, he's a league average guy, slightly above league average. That's what he's been for his career. Now, he's had moments where he's been far better than that with the Blue Jays, and he, uh, he was a little bit better than that with Pittsburgh when he was there. Uh, in 2015, but for the most part, he's a league average pitcher, which is what he was before the Yankees acquired him, and that's what they were acquiring. They weren't acquiring guy that was going to be a number one. So yeah, is Syndergaard settling last year, and maybe he pitched more like a two-three? Yeah, he did, but that's a guy who could be a number one. And if you come out in any series, you have to face Degrom, Syndergaard. If Wheeler is for real and healthy, and then you got a lefty like Mats, that's a tough foursome. I don't care if you're, you know, I don't care it's 2018 and baseball's changed. That's a tough foursome. And by the way, in a short series, you could maybe put those guys in and piggyback and bring them out of the bullpen like you did with Syndergaard in Game 5 against the Dodgers in 2015, if you play it right. So they could be your high-end reliever in that same series if you space it out correctly. So this is an asset that you better be careful about trading. Because in the postseason, I'm sorry, pitching's going to win. Pitching is going to win. That's 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 the name of the game, and you got, uh, you know, a few more years of control. He's not heading into free agency like Wheeler is. Uh, why would you trade this guy? So I personally think, and maybe I'm being naive here. The reason why people are giving it such a high percentage chance of it happening is one: the media wants to see something happen. They want to see a trade because it's going to give them something to talk about. Number one. Number two, Brody Van Wagenen, through all the people talking around the game, is very aggressive. He's really communicating with all sorts of different individuals. He's looking under every rock to see what's available and what the market is going to dictate. So everyone puts that piece together and says, well, this is going to lead to, or there's a high percentage chance this is going to lead to something. Um, so that's why they're saying that. The other thing here is with Nimmo. So if you're going to throw Nimmo in to get yourself Jan Gomes, be able to get the catcher and then trade Syndergaard as you know, some kind of part of that deal to another team or in that deal, did you guys know that Brandon Nimmo quietly is a top 25 positional player last year? Yeah, look it up. He was a top 25. He had a better season in win shares than Anthony Rendon and Ronald Acuna, 
who's uh, the hotshot prospect from the Braves. JT Real Muto. I've heard fans call up talk radio and say, the Mets should trade Wheeler and Nimmo for Real Muto. Really? I'll tell you what, if I was off of that and I was Miami, I would get rid of that whole not trading Real Muto into the National League East. Now, that the Wheeler part doesn't fit them because they're rebuilding, but the Nimmo part does. Xander Bogots, Ozzie Albies, these are all names. Uh, Cody Bellinger, all names. John Carlos Stanton, Andrew Benettini, Benettendi, I should say. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sometimes names will get you. So you better be careful about trading him as well. That 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 to me is uh, is where I would also throw that in. But but ultimately, look, uh, is there th- something about Syndergaard that they know that we don't? Sure, absolutely. I've never been crazy about the cartoon character nonsense, and he's a bit immature, and he's kind of a goofball on Twitter. And does it bother me seeing him, you know, at the garden courtside acting like he's arrived and he's, you know, Roger Clemens circa 1999 or Derek Jeter in his heyday? Uh, It does. It does. But you know what? He's young. He's enjoying his celebrity. He's enjoying the, the spoils of his labor. Uh, has that taken away from his focus as a baseball player? I don't know. Could I see it? Yeah, I could. Unless they are really 100%, and I would lean on Callaway and Island. If Callaway and Island feel this guy's a ticking time bomb, if Callaway and Island feel that he's not serious about his craft, then you know what? Yeah, fine. I'm going to go and put my chips with those guys when it comes to pitching. Put all my chips to the center of the table with both those guys are pitching because they did a lot with this staff. But I would find it hard to believe that that's what the verdict is. I could be wrong. So that's the only thing I can see, that maybe they see something that we don't. So we always have to temper any kind of outrage, any kind of frustration that comes from reports that we hear like this. But long and short of it is, if maturity, health, work ethic, toughness are things and and no guarantees that are all there, This is a guy you want on your rotation because then every night, every night you're throwing out someone who can shut down the opposition. And I know we've been hearing about five aces for God knows how many years, and it never transpired with Harvey here. But to me, this guy's better than Harvey. He's got a longer uh, resume here than Harvey at this point. The Grom as well. Wheeler may turn out to be better than Harvey. Uh, you know, Harvey really was a flash in the pan with like a year and a half, two years maybe of, of high-level pitching. Um, you just can't give this guy away. And I don't think they are, but if you're trying to do something bold, if Bodie Van Wagenen's trying to do something to put his own stamp on this Mets team, this is a real dangerous way of doing it. It's far more risky, and it's outside the playbook that you saw over the eight years of Sandy Alderson. And maybe I'm the one that's being too conservative. Maybe I'm the guy that wants to stick to the, the nucleus they have here and add around it with free agents. And and I talked about my plan on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, guys like Martin Maldonado and Daniel Murphy and 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 guys like that, and going after and signing some bullpen arms. Uh, I think that's the plan that I feel good at. And look, short of Syndergaard falling apart or having a serious injury, which could happen, he'll be as in demand next offseason as he is now. Give it a chance. Really go out there and try to see with these guys healthy. Give it a chance. Give it one more chance because it's too special. It's too rare. You will never see it again. Maybe forever. 
as you are a Mets fan. Not easy to kind of get that kind of pitching talent. The 2000 team didn't have it that went to the World Series. The 2006 team that everybody loves didn't have it. This squad has it. 2015 had it, and it was just becoming into its own that year. It wasn't even, hadn't even figured itself out yet. None of those guys, even Harvey. So to me, don't trade Syndergaard. And my message to the fans that are listening, be careful about the clickbait. Be careful about the rumors. A lot of it, and you listen to the Shea Anything podcast over at SNY with Martino. He even says he's taking a legitimate rumor and legitimate information he got from reporting, and he's piecing together his opinion from that. He's at least honest with it on the podcast, but I knew that reading the piece. The problem is not everybody knows that, and that creates hysteria. So just calm down. I still don't think the Mets are going to trade Syndergaard because I just don't see anybody giving them the package that makes them better, a better team in 2019. And that doesn't just include the trade in a vacuum of Syndergaard somewhere. That tra- it includes what happens as the fallout to trading Syndergaard. If that means including trading guys like Nimmo or Conforto. Now you're just ripping apart all the guys that really are the reason why you, you had a successful second half. And are some of the component pieces to maybe core pieces that can lead to a better 2019 and beyond. So anyway, happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody enjoyed this uh, quick edition of the Talking Mets podcast. I'll be back after the holidays. I'm sure there'll be more to talk about. Keep well, everybody. Enjoy your uh, leftover turkey, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care.